the Abundant Life Church, where faith and life connect. We are so excited that you have decided to join us this morning for our Sunday morning service. Today is Palm Sunday, and as we have talked about the Lent season and now that's coming to a close, this particular week is called Passion Week or Holy Week because it is a season that reminds us as believers of the gift that God has given us, his son Jesus Christ, who laid down his life and he, after he died, he was resurrected and in that we have eternal life. So this morning, I want to read a scripture. It's Matthew 21, coming uh, from the New International Version, reading scriptures 1 through 11. And it says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will, be, you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. As we prepare our hearts and our minds for this service, let us think about that. Who is this? This is Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. And so as we engage in our service, as we enter into a space of worship, as we hear the word, even as we enter into our let's talk about it section, if there are questions that you hear from the word, we say put them in the chat now as you begin to think about those questions so that we can engage them later. And so as we just enter into this time, let our hearts be reminded that we serve a king who laid down his life so that we might be free. So this morning, would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for all of what this season represents. We thank you for this day of Palm Sunday as it begins the triumphant entry of you, O oh God, that sets the stage that we might have eternal life. So, Father, we just pray for this service. We pray for the powerful word that will go forth. And we ask, God, that your hand would be in the midst of this service. Open up the hearts and the minds of everyone who is listening 
that their lives would be transformed and blessed because your presence is near. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We lift your name on high, for you are an awesome and amazing God, and we bless you, O God. Let our response be of worship in this time. So, Lord, we thank you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us worship. Ladies, let's sing. The angels bow.
because you're with me, because you're with me, let's sing together. is the one who can, comes in the name of the Lord. We are so thankful for the worship that has just gone forth. Now let us prepare our hearts for the word. We have a word that will be coming from our own Dr. Virginia Ward. So as we prepare our hearts for this word, let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you, O oh God, for what we are getting ready to hear. Lord, we pray that you would open up our hearts and our minds to receive a word. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that even as we are in this season of Holy Week of Lent, and God, what you've done for us, Lord, we pray for salvation. 
Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus for, Lord, you to save now, God. Save us in the name of Jesus. Lord, we lift you up and we magnify you, O God. And we give adoration to your name and we exalt you, O God, for you are the only one who can save. So even now, God, as we prepare for this word, Lord, we pray for an anointing over our pastor, Virginia. Lord, we pray, God, that you would give strength and that the word that comes from her mouth, God, would be a word from heaven. And as she speaks, Lord, we pray, God, that it would transform lives, God. We pray that it would bless God in every situation that we might be in, that you would speak to it, oh God, and that we know that you are a saving God, that we know that you are a caring God, that we know, Lord, that you are concerned about your people. So, Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, O oh God, for being in the midst of us even now. And we pray, O oh God, that as we hear your word, our response will be yes and amen. So, Father, we thank you and we bless you. And we give you all the honor and all the praise for what is getting ready to happen and go forth in this time. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let us hear a word from our Reverend Dr. Pastor Virginia Ward. celebrating the triumphant entrance of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem. It's not just celebrated by Christians, but Roman Catholics and Orthodox and Protestants all remember this day. And you may say, why is this day so important? Well, I would like to turn your attention to the book of Matthew, because actually this day is so important to people of faith that it's recorded in all four gospels. But today we're gonna look at Matthew chapter 21, verses one through 11. And we're gonna call today Activation Day. Receive the word of the Lord. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, and it reads as such. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says to you anything to you, you shall say, the Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet saying, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road and others cut their branches from the trees and spread them on the road. 
and the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. Activation day. That's what I want to share with you today. So I want to help you to understand where we are. So in the life of Jesus, he and his disciples have just left Jericho. This is the city, the last city he was in before he went to Jerusalem, before he went to the cross. He has left Jericho. This is a place where he encountered Zacchaeus. The wee little man was he. He encountered Zacchaeus. He climbed, he was short, so he climbed up the tree to see Jesus. And Jesus ends up converting him and his whole household. So Jesus is now traveling from Jericho, down from Jericho, up to Jerusalem. You see, the journey from Jericho to Jerusalem was a beautiful journey because it passed by the Mount of Olives and there you could see the whole landscape of Jerusalem. And so as Jesus and his disciples are ascending, they're not the only people that are heading to Jerusalem. You see, it's Passover time. And so Jews from all around are heading from wherever they are to Jerusalem. And as they're ascending into the town, there are people all over and they are connecting and they are excited because they're going to the Passover feast. You see, it was a feast that God required the children of Israel. He required them to go and to celebrate every year. And this is one of those feasts. So on this trip, Jesus recognizes that this is different for me. This is not just a time of me going into to Jerusalem because actually he had entered in and this was his seventh trip to Jerusalem. And he recognized that he was going to be activated. Let me define that word for you. To be activated, it means to make active or a thing done. This is not something that we contemplate about, meaning we're, we're considering, we're just studying, or we're speculating about it, where we're giving it some thought. But this is not an exercise in just intellectual space only. It's not just headspace. This is about getting something done, the accomplishment of a thing. It usually takes place over a period of time and in stages, and it can also be repetitive, activation. If you think about it, you activate sleep every night. You don't just sleep one day on Wednesday and go, oh, it's Sunday, I'm good, I slept on Wednesday. No, 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 you have to activate sleep. You activate eating daily, unless you're fasting. It's something that you keep doing, you keep moving, you keep doing the work. And Jesus understood that now he had been sent here for a purpose and activation day had come. As they're approaching, as the, Jesus and his disciples are approaching Jerusalem, he sees the city. And he is and his disciples, as well as the other people that are traveling on the road. They are traveling to Jerusalem. And you see the Jews, as they were ascending to Jerusalem, they didn't go quietly. It was actually a part of their custom to sing along the way. 
and the Psalms that they sang were found in Psalms 124 through Psalms 134, they would sing and recite these Psalms. In fact, for example, Psalm 121 was actually made into a song by the Brooklyn Tabernacle um, Choir. They sang this song called My Help, and it comes exactly from Psalm 121. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth. And they go on to sing, my help, my help, all of my help comes from the Lord. Can you imagine as people are walking to Jerusalem, children, adults, grandparents, they're singing, all my help comes from the Lord. Little children are hearing this recited over and over and over again. Can you imagine families, regardless of the situation they had just left in their hometown, are singing, all my help cometh from the Lord, my help, my help. Could you imagine if you were coming to church with your family or you're walking down the street or you're getting out of your car? Could you imagine if people of faith and houses of faith all across the world as they entered into the place where they were going to worship were reciting psalms? Also psalms like 122 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our God, our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Another Psalm in 124 said, If it had not been for the Lord on my side. Now Israel can say, if it had not been. So can you imagine people are walking and they're reminding themselves. They are actually activating themselves. And Psalm 133 says, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. These families, the people were activating themselves even as they were walking. What songs do you sing to activate yourself? I'm not talking about a love song. I'm not talking about some of these songs that make you feel sad, but songs that are based on the word of God, songs that are based in scripture. If you wouldn't mind putting a song that motivates you, that activates you, would you put it in the chat so and share it with us so that we can celebrate and understand and that we can also grow and be activated together. And I know some of you may be saying, well, it's not a song, a, like a singing song, it's a rap song. Well, go ahead, put that in there as well, whatever song and however you need to say it and do it. But you need to encourage, sometimes we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord and we do it through song. As people were on their way to Jerusalem, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way to Jerusalem, there were two cities that they passed by, Bethany and Bethpage. And Jesus said to two of his disciples, look, I want you to go into this city and you're going to find a donkey and a colt tied together. I want you to untie them and bring them to me. And the disciples said, okay. He didn't give them any money. He said, here's the instruction. If anyone asks you, what are you doing? You tell them the master has need of them. Can you imagine somebody shows up at your front door or even by your driveway? and your car is there, and in some neighborhoods, people leave their cars unlocked with the keys in them, and somebody goes in your car, starts it up, and you come out and say, what are you doing with my car? And they say to you, the master 
has made of them. You would think that they were crazy. You might call the police or you might try to take care of the situation yourself. Well, see, in this day and time, donkeys and colts, they were expensive animals. And so people didn't just let anybody take them. And in fact, this was a certain kind of colt that Jesus requested. He said, I want one that nobody has ever ridden on. You see, animals were used for different purposes. Some were beasts of burden, they were laborers. And then there were others that were used for ceremonial purposes. Jesus, the King of Kings, was about to ride into Jerusalem and he wanted an animal that no one had ridden on. He wanted this animal to be ceremonial. And so as the disciples went and did what he said, when the owner came and said, what you doing with my animals? And when they said the master has need of them, the owner immediately knew what they meant. You see, Jesus was known well in Bethpage. That's where Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus lived. He had done the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. And there were other miracles that were done where he healed the sick and, and he had raised the dead and he had delivered other people. So that was done. So people knew him. They knew knew Jesus and they also knew his disciples. So this owner was good. He said, all right, the master has need of him. And he released the animal to them. As Jesus entered into Jerusalem, he, well, before he enters Jerusalem, when they bring the colt back, the disciples take off their garments and they lay it on the colt as it were a saddle so that Jesus could ride. Now, mind you, Jesus and his disciples had walked everywhere up until this point. But he knew something special was going to happen on this day. This day, Palm Sunday, was activating him towards his purpose. This day was moving him towards his purpose. You see, the city was full of people because Passover so there were tons of people in the streets. And in fact, verses four and verse five said that this happened this way to fulfill prophecy. As the prophet Zechariah in Zechariah 9.9 stated, this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet saying, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. You see, up until this point, Jesus was in preparation mode. Preparation mode. It means the act of preparing something or someone for use, for service, for some occasion, for some test or some duty. His years of growing up had prepared him for this moment. His purpose was being activated. In Luke chapter 2, verse 40, and then again in verse 52, it talks about Jesus' development, how he grew and he waxed strong in spirit and he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. He grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor. He had submitted to his parents from the age of 12 when they found him in the temple after they had journeyed a day or so and they found him in the temple three days later and he said, I'm here doing the will of my father. He submitted to his parents, but now he's at the age of 30. Now it's the day of activation. It's not a day to just sit back and reflect. It's not a day for Jesus to go, hmm, what does God want me to do? It is not a day to complain. It is now the time to fulfill his destiny 
His name spoke about his destiny. When the angel Gabriel met Jesus, met Mary, and told her she was carrying a son and his name was Jesus, he said to Mary, he's going to save his people from their sins. He will be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. He shall be great and the Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And in his kingdom, there will be no end. The time had come for all of the promises made, all of the words spoken over Jesus to come to pass. It was activation day. You see, I've had several activation days even in my life during my Christian walk. The first is when I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. I exchanged my, my attitude. I exchanged my mission to fulfill me, myself, and I, to do whatever I wanted to do. I exchanged that mission for the mission and the purpose of Christ. I exchanged it for the purpose of equipping saints to do the work of the ministry. Have you had your first activation day? Have you made a decision to receive Christ? Are you still thinking about it? Judgment-free zone. But activation day occurs for us. First activation day occurs for us when we receive Christ. When Jesus followed what was asked of him when he got on that donkey and he rode into Jerusalem. The crowd began to spread their garments on the road. Others actually took branches off the tree. In, some, in, in one translation, it says they actually took some of the palms off of the fig trees and took them off of the olive trees and they laid them in the road and they shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. What they were shouting was actually a part of the Psalms. It's called the Hallel section of the Psalms, Psalms 113 through 118. And they were actually sung. Hosanna. Can you imagine the streets? There are crowds of people out in the streets. See, Jesus chose this time to do this. There were tons of people there. He didn't do it in isolation. There were people there for Passover and they're shouting. And also Hosanna means Lord save us now. Long live the King. See, they had heard Jesus talking about his kingdom and some thought he was coming to overthrow the Roman government. And they were expecting him to set up a new kingdom and they were excited. But then there were the Pharisees who were a little bit intimidated. And in fact, they were just mad, downright angry, like who's this king? And they even some, in, in one translation it says, they turned to Jesus and said, tell these people to stop crying that out. Stop saying Hosanna, stop crying. And he said, look, if my people, if they do not cry out, the very stones are going to cry out. They worshiped Jesus. They saw him for who he was or who they thought he was going to be, the type of king he was going to be. 
but he was going to be a king of another kingdom. He had said to them time and time again, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is from a different place. And some caught it and some did not. And while they called him or treated him like a king, when they asked, who is this? The people said, he's a prophet. So let's pause for a minute. They treated him like a king by putting their garments and their palms in the road, but yet they called him a prophet, a king. What's the difference, you say? A king, a king is in charge. A king, when a king says you jump, you are jumping and you're saying, how high should I jump? A prophet is one who can say things to you and give you advice and you can choose whether or not to heed it. They could say something to you and if you believe it's a word of the Lord, you may or may not respond. A king is in control. A prophet, there's a choice. So while they treated him like a king, they called him a prophet. What do you call Jesus? What do you call him? Is he your master? Is he your ruler? There's a song by Israel Houghton, and he says, your name is Jesus. You're risen from the dead. You are the glory, the lifter of our heads. There is, you are the only name by which we can be saved. I call you Jesus. He's the ruler. He's a redeemer. He's our risen conqueror. He's the name above all names. How do you treat Jesus? What do you call him? Are you free to worship? Are you free to give God all of the praise and the honor? Are you free to adore him and not worry about who's looking around you? How do you treat Jesus? See, some of his disciples and some of the people around understood who he was, but others did not. It was the activation day of Jesus. So he knew, he knew this is the day. This is my day. This is the time that I have been called by God to fulfill this purpose. It was activation day. So you're saying to me, all right, I get it. Activation day for Jesus. What does this have to do with me? How can I be activated? I want to give you some simple points that I believe that will help you to be activated. So first of all, know your purpose. You see, each of us has a purpose. God created us and designed us in such a way. In fact, your purpose is tied to your divine design. Each of us are uniquely crafted and shaped naturally, spiritually with gifts and talents. And there's something that God is requiring of us to do here on this earth for our time here. However long, however short, it doesn't matter. There's still a purpose that God is asking of you. Now, how do we discover this? I believe our purposes are discovered over time. That you might have a, a big glimpse of a word, I'm called to be a teacher, or, or I believe I'm supposed to be helping seniors. But then how that manifests, how that shows itself, how it displays itself happens over time. So I would encourage you in these steps of knowing your purpose to begin to pray and to ask God and pay attention to your divine design. What are the things you like? What are the things that make you weep and pound the table? What are the things that make you go, I don't like that? What are the things that cause you to, to, be, to move to action? I would also ask you to become obedient to the task that he sets before you. 
So the little things you're asked to do, if you're a young person and you have chores to do, do the chores. If you're an older person and there are things, maybe there's a parts of your job you really don't like, do them. If in the things of the, dis, the spiritual disciplines of prayer and, 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 and being a part of a fellowship and a community of believers, if you can take and be intentional about doing that, then the Lord will help to move you along to the next thing. But if you're not obedient in the small tasks that he asks of you, you're not going to be able to step into the grand thing. So be obedient in those little tasks. I also want to ask you to give other people permission to ask what they see in you. Now brace yourself because they might say something you don't want to hear. But they also may say something that will help you. Even your, your most critical critic, your, your, the person who you think is so critical of you, you can learn from them and they can help you to be activated. Pray and ask the Lord for guidance and then write down what you hear. Write the vision. Write what you hear from the Lord. Write what you hear from others. So first of all, know your purpose. Then secondly, filter your activities through your purpose. Filter is a noun. It's something that holds back certain elements. It holds them back. So Jesus filtered everything he did through his purpose. When his mother said, there's no wine, she said, he said to his mother, look, 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 I know they don't have wine at this wedding, but what does that have to do with me? My time has not yet come. He was filtering. When the Satan took him up to the mountain and, and took him up to the high places and tried to tempt him, Jesus filtered everything the enemy said to him through his purpose. When he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane that this cup passed from him, he understood his purpose. This is for which I have come. You want to filter your activities through your purpose. Don't miss your day of visitation because you laid back and, didn't, and, you were part, and you had no action or you didn't know what to do or you didn't pause to filter. Take the time to filter your activities through your purpose. And then lastly, take daily action. Take daily action action. The very definition of activation implies that it's a process that takes place over time. You're going to have to work at this and do a little each day. Do a little bit each day. When discouragement comes, and it will come, press on. When fear comes, and it will come, there's so many times in scriptures where we're told, fear not. Why? Because you're going to want to be afraid. Fear not. Obstacles will come, but know that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, regardless of what comes our way. Because we are, as Christians, we are Christ's followers. We are going to participate in the joys and with the sufferings of Christ. But know that you've been activated. Know that you are here for a purpose. Do not allow the enemy of your soul to cause you to become slack concerning the promises of God. Press forward. Be activated. Remember, you are here for a purpose. And you are also connected to this ministry for a purpose. We are here to help equip you, to help 
activate you and to help move you along. And yes, at times we will push you and at times you will say, come on to somebody else and you will help them to be activated. So I want to encourage you to take the example of Jesus from this day, from this day and be activated and allow the Lord to bring you from point A to point B. Know your purpose. Filter everything through that purpose and take action daily. This is the day of activation. Can I pray with you? Father, we thank you for this day and this time that you've allowed us to hear this word and to, to hear what happened with Jesus on Palm Sunday and his day of activation. Now, God, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice. You allowed them to hear this for a reason. And some you are stirring and some you are moving and some you are inviting out of slumber, out of fear, out of discouragement, out of sloth. Father, you're calling them out. Father, some are where they need to be and you're calling them higher and you're calling them deeper. It is activation day. It is time to get moving. So Father, I pray for those that need the spiritual activation that they will begin there, that they will no longer doubt or be fearful or wonder, but they would say, yes, God, here I am. Use me. For those that have been in a place of complacency, those that have been in a place of fear, we pray now that you would stir up new courage in them in the name of Jesus, that they would be moved to a place where they can see you and where they will say yes and take steps daily to fulfill the purpose for which you've called them to. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We say, Hosanna in the highest. We give you our praise and our worship. We adore you this day and we thank you in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. For those of you that need to be activated for your spiritual life, and that's what salvation is. That's the gift of salvation. Christ came. He died. He rose again. If you would like to pray with me, I'd love to lead you to this relationship with Christ. Would you repeat after me? Dear Lord, thank you for coming to this earth and dying on the cross for me. Right now, I receive you as my King and my Lord. Forgive me of my sins and show me what you've asked of me to do. I will say yes. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer, whether you prayed it for the first time or you've come back to Christ, please text the word SAVED to 833-300-0670. Or maybe you need prayer. Maybe you're like, you know what? I need to be activated. I'm one of these people who've been hanging around and I got that COVID 29 pounds on me and I need to get moving again. Would you text the word PRAYER to 833-300-0670. And someone will call you and they will pray with you. It's activation day.
my, what's another powerful word this morning? It is activation day. And as we're here to um, just celebrate Palm Sunday and see that Jesus was actually going towards this final days as he puts it to the cross. Um, it, is, it is an activation day. That, that was a powerful word. Uh, the, the challenge of, of this word is, is also something that really um, I'm thinking about is mm-hmm. how does our activation mm-hmm. connect with purpose? Um, and so those of you who are out there and you are uh, listening to the service and you're part of our service, we want to thank you for being uh, worshiping with us. But we want you to uh, chat your questions because uh, as we're going through this uh, time of let's talk about it, uh, it's, it gives us the opportunity to talk a little deeper that mm-hmm. um, as we're thinking about the message, as you're thinking about some of the things that the Lord was saying through Dr. Virginia, we want to certainly ask you to certainly ask us questions if you, if you do have something on your mind, and we'll take your questions. So you only have a few moments, so please do that now. But we do have some questions that came through. Mm-hmm. And so the first question as it relates to this connection to purpose, mm-hmm. question came through, how do I redefine my purpose if I feel I'm not doing enough? Mm, great question. So. I would first pause and ask the question, what do you mean by not doing enough? And so understand that our purpose fold, just like it's, our purpose unfolds in stages. And so you have to keep in mind that in this season, that you may be doing what you're supposed to be doing for this season. So for instance, when, when I was a young mom and had two small kids at home and married, I, was, I worked part-time, but my job, my role, my purpose was to be mother. So my purpose was to be home. And so my kids were first. So I would get outside requests to do things, and everything I filtered through the family to say, while I wanted to do those other things, my family was first. And so I would encourage you to find out what is it, what's the first thing you need to be doing in this season? and not allow the extra stuff or the things or the feeling of, I gotta do more, I gotta do more. Don't let that eat at you. Mm. Know that in this season, while my kids were small, I couldn't travel, I couldn't do as much as I was doing, that I can do now. As they grew older, then I could do more. So, because I still had to have time for me, and because I went out, um, Bishop, you allowed me, I had my night out every week. I could go and just be refreshed and have fun. But then we also had family time together, you and I, and then family time with the boys. So understand the season and then align, align the purpose for that season and understand it grows over time. Yeah, that, that's great because sometimes we do have, you know, these other responsibilities that mm-hmm. really crowd our purpose. Mm-hmm. And really, we're trying to identify what, well, what is it that I'm really about and right. because I have all of these necessary things that mm-hmm. need to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, Another question is, um, how can I activate my purpose during a pandemic? Mm, mm-hmm. and do you have any ideas? Yes. Well, I actually think the pandemic was a, is a great time to be able to activate your purpose. Because to me, it allowed, and I can speak for me, it allowed me to say, huh, am I doing what the Lord is asking of me? Or am I doing what, what I think I want to do? I also think that it, with technology and social media, it gives you a platform that is beyond just the people that you know. And so I think that how you can activate your purpose through a pandemic is this is where you call people that you know and say, okay, what are you doing? And see, who can I connect with? This is where prayer comes in also. 
and making sure your house is ready, your physical house, right. your emotional house, your mental house, that all of this is ready to do what you believe you're doing. I think the pandemic, how you can activate your purpose is to get back on mission with, yeah. all right, if your house is a mess, clean it. Um, if there are things you need to be giving away, and also to see there are needs out there and they need other people to help meet it. And maybe you're one of the people that can help meet a need. And from afar, it could be online, it could be in person. But I think during the pandemic, it's, I don't mm -hmm. think that's an excuse. I think it helps us to narrow our focus and to really be able to uh, connect with the real that that the Lord is asking of us. That's good. And, and with that, there's another question that kind of dovetails into that as mm -hmm. well. Um, and one viewer asked, you know, what things should I stay away from? Mm. What are the things that I should just kind of not do, mm -hmm. keep away from it, kind of keep it out of my kind of my zone, my box, as you say, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. from activating my purpose? Mm. It's a great question. So I would, again, go back to what is the thing that the Lord is asking of you? Mm. And so to understand, do you understand the big rocks in your purpose? Do you understand this is what, if God is asking of you to say, do some writing and to just focus on writing, then you can't, you shouldn't be um, hanging out um, at the mall or watching TV. So you have to look at what is the thing that is being asked of you and what are the things that are gonna give life to that purpose and what are the things that are going to distract from that purpose? So for me, because I am, I just gave that example, that is actually the writing season I'm in. It meant I had to watch less TV. It meant that I had to reduce some of my social media time, things that were pulling me away from the things that, I, the, my big rocks. And it was hard making that transition to get my house in order. It meant that I really had to focus on going room by room by room to getting that room the, the way I wanted it to look and not be distracted like, oh, it's, we can go out in public now. Let me go to the mall. Um, I can shop now. Let me go to the mall. No, no, no. Or I want to save. So if I'm trying to save money, I can't be online right. ordering stuff and having it shipped because <laughs> I can now go to the mall. Right. It means you have to keep your purpose. What is the main thing? Keep the main thing. And everything should be life-giving to that thing. And it also ties into my second point of filtering it through that purpose. Mm -hmm. So if you know what your purpose is, then you filter the other things through. Does it, does it give life to it? And if it doesn't give life to it, then, then, then you shouldn't be doing it. Then, then that's, that's an indicator. The other indicator I also like to use is uh, the thief comes but to steal, to kill, and destroy. Is this thing going to steal from you? Yep. Is it going to kill? Is it going to destroy? And, may, and if it's going to give life, and even if it is giving life, you have to go, but is it giving life to this purpose or is it giving life to my flesh? Right. So I think there's, right. a, there's a lot of discernment that takes place in that process. That's good. That's very helpful to kind of narrow down mm -hmm. what's essential because Jesus really did narrow things down. Mm -hmm. He said, look, this is, this is the purpose by which I am born. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm coming to do. Mm -hmm. And he made sure that he was moving along activating that purpose throughout his mission mm -hmm. and out the seasons of his life. Yes. Uh, one more question came through, mm -hmm. so we want to make sure mm -hmm. we ask you that before we conclude. Mm -hmm. um, if it's a season of grief mm -hmm. and instability, how do we walk uh, out our purpose mm -hmm. 
in this season? Mm -hmm. Great question. So the season of even in grief, there is purpose in grief, even in grief, mm. even in the place of pain, there is still purpose. Mm. And sometimes we forget that. And again, as I said, that Jesus invites us into his joys and his sufferings. So while he was suffering on the cross, he looks down and sees his mother and says, son, and, his, and the disciple John, who he loved, son, here's your mother, mother, here's your son. Mm -hmm. So even in that, so even in this place of grief, I mean, we've lost several family members. Yeah. We've had sickness in our family. We've lost some disappointments that we've had and things that we'd hoped to be in certain places. But even in that, mm -hmm. there's still purpose. Yeah. So I would encourage you to say that um, not be, don't allow the pain or suffering to make you think there's no purpose in it. Mm -hmm. Don't allow the grief to say there's no purpose in it. To mm -hmm. pause and to discern, Lord, what is the purpose of this? Mm -hmm. And what is it that you are going to have me grow from this? Mm -hmm. And let's learn from the example of Christ even in sufferings. Yeah, that's good. And, and you know, you will go through grief and you mm -hmm. will go, it's just part of the process. Mm -hmm. It's part of life. Mm -hmm. And even in Jesus' grief, you can see that he fulfilled his purpose. Yes, he did. That was mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. but, and one, one final question came okay. through, but mm -hmm. I, I want to make sure we get this in. Mm -hmm. It says, how can we support each other? Mm. And how can we be accountable um, and encouraging to each other? Mm. You know, how can we, how can we be that, that community mm -hmm. of people who add value of, mm -hmm. you know, encouragement and accountability to each other? This is a, 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 it's a great question. It is really a great question. I think that we have to be okay with some of the old methods that we were using in the past. Obviously, we can't meet face-to-face. -face. Mm. We're in digital spaces. Uh, those, some of those don't work. However, some of the old ones do, meaning picking up the phone and calling people, texting people, reaching out. I have, uh, it's, it was easy in this pandemic for me to be so busy at work that I forgot and I was like, I miss people. I miss the relationships. I miss connecting with people. And so I've been trying to be intentional about reaching out to somebody every day, a mm. call, a text. I get people who reach out to me and they, they text me, they send me a picture, they send me a word of encouragement. Some of you are doing that and it is so, it makes my day. It comes just at the right time. And I think that's how we have to do it is to decide. When the Lord prompts you and, and somebody comes to mind, reach out. Maybe you don't know what to say. You right. used to say, you came to mind today. We have all those memes and all of those bitmojis we can send and just reach out to somebody. Mm -hmm. So I think that's how we have to do it is I think all of us have to say, and I would say uh, just as a teacher, one to five, think of five people that you can be intentional about reaching out to. And then those groups, the five connect to five and you've got 10. Then when there's opportunities to connect, like times of prayer. Yeah. In fact, we've got a women's prayer meeting coming up, ladies, Monday and Thursday. Connect. And let's have our cameras on and take opportunity to connect with people. Weather's getting warmer now. Mm -hmm. We can do stuff outside. Yeah. I think every opportunity that we can connect, writing notes to people, whatever it is, take the opportunity to and activate, take the motion, make a move to connect with someone. So I think that's how we have to do it for accountability and encouragement and be open. Mm. When someone connects with you, don't say, oh, I'm just fine. Be honest. 
I was on the phone with a couple of sisters yesterday and I said, I'm really having a tough time dealing with this situation. And they stood on the Zoom call with me and we chatted and it was refreshing. It was cathartic for me to be able to just share my soul. So, but I had a choice to make to be accountable and to be real yes. and to be vulnerable and take the mask off. So I think that that's a two-way street. As people reach out to you, reach back. And you reach out as well. Yes, that's great. And, and it's so important that as a community of faith, that w this is something that we should grow mm -hmm. stronger in that area mm -hmm. of coming together for more times of accountability, more times of encouragement. Mm -hmm. And we need to do that more and more. We all need to do that more and more. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for that word. That, that was just something that really, really propelled us, even mm -hmm. into the time where we're going to be celebrating the resurrection mm -hmm. of Christ. So Amen. we appreciate that word. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are watching, thank you so much for your questions. And stay tuned for more. At Abundant Life Church, your gifts and generosity are certainly a blessing to the kingdom of God. We have three ways to give here at ALC. First, you can text GIVE to 855-952-1023. Simply type GIVE to this number and follow the prompts. Secondly, you can give using our new giving platform, Tithely Giving. Go to alccambridge.org slash give and follow the instructions. You can also give using our ALC Church app. Simply download the app and press the Give button and set up your one-time or recurring giving. And finally, you can mail your tithes and offering to the Abundant Life Church at 47 Howard Street, Cambridge, Mass., 02139. If you have any questions or concerns, please don't hesitate to contact us at info at alckame.org. Now, let us pray over our time of giving. Father, we thank you for those who have given and those who had the desire to give but could not. And we pray, Lord, that the seed that was provided into this ministry. Lord, that as it is a seed that will grow and expand into the kingdom's work, Lord, we pray that those who have given are able to, God, um, provide a seed, Lord, for their home, that they're able to prosper even in this time. Lord, we just thank you for those who have given through their tithes and offerings and even those who have donated to the church. And we just ask that you would bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands right here, come on. My God reigns. My God reigns. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Lord, you reign above every name. Yeah. Sing my God reigns. My God reigns. Sing our God reigns, y'all. Sing Lord, you reign above every name. Come on, say with power and majesty. Dominion authority, you reign. Sing it again with power, with power and majesty. Dominion authority, you reign. Come on, let's go right here. Oh, sing my God 
throughout history, women have stood in the background of change. Yet, throughout the, the last um, couple of years and throughout this time that we are seeing now, especially within this year, we are seeing women on the rise. And so today, I am encouraged that women have paved the way, they have opened up doors, and they have shattered glass ceilings in order for them to take their rightful places as well as provide a pathway for us to come. So as you, as we experience this day, our women of influence, we want to encourage you to know that there are limitless possibilities. As we think about even women of the Bible, you have Miriam the prophetess or Deborah the judge. You have uh, Lydia the businesswoman as well as Esther who was a deliverer of her people. And even as we think about this century, we have women who are in governmental positions, in sports entertainment, in big business, 
women have taken their places and their voices are powerful. So we encourage you this day, woman of influence, that you are not in vain. So we're gonna also ask that, as it was said earlier, for our women, the daughters, sisters, and mothers, we're going to be gathering on Monday and Thursday from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. or at 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. on both nights. And so we're gonna ask that you would go to our website at www.aocambridge.org and register and join us for a time of prayer and connection. Hope to see you there. Kim Janey has been sworn in as acting mayor of the city of Boston, making history as the first black person and first woman to lead the city. Janey, who was the city council president, automatically replaced Marty Walsh after he resigned to become President Joe Biden's labor secretary. Janie, at 11 years old, had rocks and racial epithets hurled at her school bus during Boston's desegregation era. As Boston's new mayor, she is ushering in a new bold chapter in Boston's political history and pledges to lead the city with bold, courageous leadership, saying, today is a new day. Barbara Jordan was a lawyer, educator, and politician who was a leader in the civil rights movement. As the first black woman elected to Congress from the Deep South, Barbara Jordan was a politician who focused on local community interests rather than broader issues like women's and civil rights. Aiming to get things done, she worked within the established power structures and avoided committing to any particular interest group. Kamala Harris made history when she was elected and sworn in as the 49th Vice President of the United States. The first female Vice President and the highest ranking female official in U.S. history, as well as the first African American and first Asian American Vice President. She has been called a woman with potential to become President of the United States, highlighting her reputation as a tough fighter. What a blessing it has been just to be in the presence of the Lord today, and I trust that you have experienced God's presence right where you are, and that you worshiped, that you received the word of God about this importance of activation, and you are activated to do something that God will call you to do and his purpose for your life. And this is the time that we not just kind of sit back and just kind of relax a little bit. It is the time to be activated. So, with that, we want to say a blessing. But before we just bless you, uh, on next week, of course, is Resurrection Sunday. And uh, just in a way of activating this word in our lives, I want to invite you to invite someone to church. And what I mean, invite somebody to church. I want you to invite somebody through your chat features or through your social media, email. I want you to tell somebody that they need to come to watch the service on next week. We have a word for you next week as well. Uh, because it's a powerful time where we understand and know that Jesus rose from the dead, but not just that he rose from the dead, but he gave us that spirit of resurrection. And so we want to invite you to be a part of worship next week and uh, invite someone to tune in on uh, next week as we worship the Lord. So let me bless you 
this week as we go into this Holy Week. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have, Lord, to bless you and praise you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that we are inspired to take active part in the purposes of God. We know, Lord, that you are calling us for such a time as this. And so we pray that you would give us boldness and courage. Father, take away, Father, that, that, that fear and uh, just this, uh, so much of the things, Lord, that hold us back, Father. We, we just put that aside and we activate ourselves, and Lord, to do the very will of God and purpose for our lives. So we just thank you. We praise you. I commend your people to God. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you his shalom, his peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Well, God bless you, and thank you again for tuning in. Look forward to seeing you, even in this, these times of worship this week. And be right back with us on next week at Abundant Life Church, where faith and life connect. Ladies, let's sing. The angels bow. Come on.